All right, welcome back. 800-859-0957. 800-859-0WJ. We're talking UAW. We're talking the tentative agreement Ford. And what's the next domino to fall? I got to imagine now that Stellantis and General Motors see the type of deal that got done with Ford. I can imagine that they'll come in with something similar to try to get this thing done and get people back to work, get vehicles rolling off the line again. But the reality is when you're dealing with an increase in pay of up to 25%, when, you know, COLA is back, improvements to 401ks and pensions, all those things are back. I, 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 I have a hard time believing that, the cost of the item that you're producing doesn't go up. And so that's what I'm asking you. Do you believe these cars are going up? Daniel Lives believes the cost of the cars are going to go up over the span of the next 12 to 18 months, up to three grand. I mean, that's substantial. Where are you at on this? 800-859-0957, 800-859-0WJR. In the meantime, There is an interesting development happening, of course, as we talk about electrified vehicles. More and more school districts across the country, coast to coast, are spending big bucks on EV school buses. California's Modesto City Schools placed the largest school bus order in history. Boston is switching up their 700 buses to electric. New York just passed a bill to electrify their school bus fleet. By 2035. Now, those are some of the states that you would expect to see this type of push from. And much of the country is going to head in that direction as more and more EV buses are created. Jennifer Meffords, the national co-chair in the Electric Vehicle Infrastructure Training Program, and joins us. Jen, good to have you. Hey, Chris. How are you? Uh, very well. This is this is quite a push that school districts across the country are making. Why are they doing it now? You know, we've seen quite a bit of movement in the school bus market since uh, the infrastructure bill came out. Obviously, there's funding attached to that bill um, that will cover the cost of both uh, the vehicles as well as the infrastructure to support them. So in the first round of funding that came out last year, Michigan um, really did quite well. They were uh, ranked second overall for most districts awarded uh, funding to expand into electrified buses and total fourth total in funding. So I feel like we're going to start to continue to see more and more of those uh, electric fleet buses coming into the market. Michigan right now has 138 uh, in service, and the second round of funding is open now through the end of January, so I would expect that we'll see a lot more application for Michigan as well. So let's take, for example, uh, in Modesto, they purchased 700 EV school buses. What type of infrastructure would be required to to power that load of, of buses, that many buses? Yeah, so you and I have had conversations about fleet vehicles before, and anything that's on a fixed route um, is definitely a great candidate for electrification because it's very predictable what route that vehicle is going to travel every day. We generally know where it's going to start and stop, how long it's going to be in service, and where it kind of comes home to rest. School buses in particular have a large amount of downtime during the day. So these vehicles will actually be able to be charged 
oftentimes on level two charging, which is not as expensive from an infrastructure standpoint because you have longer time, Chris, to charge them mm -hmm. during the day while they're resting, if they will, in between routes. Do you think school districts around the country uh, are, are looking at maybe some of these other districts, whether it's in California, New York, or Boston, or, or even here in Michigan, um, do you think they're looking at how this is working and whether or not or sooner or later they should hop into EV school buses? Do you think they're looking at this almost as like trial runs? Yeah, they're definitely looking at it. I mean, it obviously helps when there's funding attached to it, but there's no question it's, it's cleaner. And the operational cost of the EV buses over the lifetime of that bus really kind of level out the cost. They're cleaner, um, obviously everything. There's 500,000 school buses. Big yellow buses running around our country right now, and they're running on diesel. So this is a cleaner option, quiet option. Um, you can also um, even look at configurations with those large installations in California where you could use some energy storage, you know, charge with renewables, store that energy either in the vehicle or in battery energy storage, and utilize that to offset some of the electrical happening at that facility. So. I think just like so much of electric vehicles right now, everyone's looking at all of it. And definitely, um, I do see Michigan will continue to expand in this area. Is there an opportunity here as more schools hop on board that there will be additional jobs created in this in this type of realm? You know, I, I think for me, one of the biggest, of course, any infrastructure going in is going to create more work um, for existing electricians, existing contractors. And there's obviously going to be a maintenance component to this that's also a job creator of actually maintaining, uh, you know, that uh, vehicle. I think one of the cool things about some of the schools that I've been in contact with, even in California, is the learning opportunity for the students. So when those electric vehicles come into service and they're uh, powered by electricity and perhaps they do have a solar and storage integration, it's a great learning tool for the students uh, in in those schools. You know, it's really kind of a living example of this technology at work. Uh, it's very cool. And I imagine more and more schools, especially as the funding that you mentioned is attached to this, more and more schools are going to hop on it, not only here in Michigan, but across the country. Jennifer Mefford, good stuff. Thanks so much. Thanks, Chris. We'll talk to you next week. In the meantime, I want to get back to your calls. 800-859-0957. Dave in Rochester has been holding. What's up, David? Hey, Chris. Um, yeah, I hate to... <laughs> rain on your parade but this, this bit about raising the cost of a vehicle ridiculous why your last guest that first of all 25 percent. let's think about this for a second okay okay it's 30 for 30 hours of uaw labor goes into an average vehicle four percent of the revenue five percent of the operating cost okay okay you take 25 percent of four in terms of uh revenue or 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 twenty five percent of five. What do you come up with? Your last guest BS twelve thousand three thousand dollars a vehicle. He's saying that must be twelve thousand dollars of UAW cost per vehicle. That is total BS. Okay. All right, Dave. I appreciate the call. Real quick, Jim in Yale. Hello, Jim. Hey, good afternoon, Chris. Hey. First of all, we got to remember: for fifteen years, we didn't get anything. And I don't remember car prices being the same now as they were 15 years ago. It's true. But what happened here, Chris, that argument I keep hearing that we're going to cause the price of cars to go up, Chris, the farm, that smells a lot like what we put on the field in the fall. 
Jim, look, I don't I don't know that that is exclusively what's going to cause the prices to go up. And again, this is just my speculation. Anytime a company has a, an increase in cost the way that these automakers will incur, who out of the goodness of their heart, are they just going to eat that? I mean, they're trying to make as much money as possible. So I, again, I don't blame the UAW. I don't blame the rank and file for wanting more. You haven't even made as much money as you did in 2000 and what, 10? I mean, the concessions you made in 2009 were real. I, I, I don't think it's right that you haven't had, you know, a cost of, of living wage go up or your raises, your wages go up. I don't think that's fair. I don't think it's directly tied to the UAW or the UAW's workers' fault. I do believe, though, <laughs> in reality, that with the uptick in costs, uh, probably the uptick in car prices as well. Jim, I appreciate the call. Got to take a break. More of your calls and texts next on JR Afternoon.